Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. topic with my special guest, Manuel Bruscas, um, who is very passionate about this subject like myself. And Manuel, you co-authored a book titled Real Tomatoes Are Ugly, which is a book um, to raise awareness about a global issue that we are both very passionate about. And can you tell me a little bit about this passion that we share and why you chose this title for your book? Yeah, so I, I think the starting point is a kind of a scandal, we could say, which is one third of the food we produce as human beings, uh, which in theory is to feed human beings, right? So one third of that food is wasted, which if you combine that with another sad fact, which is one out of nine people worldwide go to bed hungry, uh, that is kind of, wow, what is going on? And, and First time I learned that, I, something uh, it, it was shocking to me, right? So it was a, a reality bias. So really knowing that uh, food is wasted while at the same time some people are starving, uh, so that killed me inside. So I, I decided to do something. I became an activist, and then the book I wrote, this uh, beautiful book uh, called uh, "Los Tomates de Verdad Son Feos" in Spanish, which is like "Real Tomatoes Are Ugly," is really to discuss and to raise awareness about this problem of the food waste uh, in a let's say. Uh, different way not this it's not a useful book it's a special book i would say right and you i read a quote um you had said that the title of the book was in part due to the dictatorship of beauty in our society and that just really rang a bell for me because i think not just with food there's so many aspects of society that are dictated to um, yeah. by unrealistic standards of beauty. So explain, yeah. if someone's maybe confused, why are we talking about beauty standards? I thought you guys are talking about food waste. So can you make the connection for us? Yeah. So let me start with something which is not food waste, but I think it's very telling uh, and echoing on what you said. It's something called Snapchat dysmorphia. It's this uh, interesting fact that when you talk to surgeries, plastic surgeries, the, the doctors say, hey, a few years ago, 20 years ago, people came with a picture of a celebrity and say, hey, I want to look like that, that celebrity, right? I want my, my face to be shaped to look like him or her, which is weird, right? But now what happens is that people take pictures of themselves. They do this avatar in the Snapchat, for instance, they check their own picture and say, I want to look my, like my avatar, which in a way is crazy, right? So according to this uh, surgery association from the stage, it's more than half of doctor says, hey, I have a patient coming with that approach. I want my face to be changed to look like my avatar, right? So I think that that's very telling of the type of world we live nowadays, which is this element of perfection, beauty. And then when talking about food, the connection is very obvious because around 30, 40% of food waste, like tomatoes, apples, is just because they are not perfect. Let's think about tomatoes. We have this uh, perception of tomatoes being round, perfect, shining, and then if they have a small spot, oh, this is ugly, this is not perfect, this is uh, something to be discarded. And I think that behavior, that dictatorship of, of the beauty, makes that this 30, 40% of food, which is edible food, 
uh, is just discarded, which is completely crazy, right? And, and to make it even more uh, sad, uh, even more sad, uh, whatever we call the perfect food, the perfect fruit, what it happens to that? You collect the tomatoes and then there's wax to make it even more shiny. And this is why, why? because we buy with our eyes. So at the end, the product we usually buy in the supermarkets is less natural because it's like this element of polishing and washing, uh, which is crazy. So uh, I get too passionate because I think it's completely wrong. It doesn't make sense to me. It is completely crazy. I feel like you and I are both kind of in the same boat with this. We can get on our soapbox about it. Yeah. And we're not definitely not trying to be judgmental about this issue. We are looking for solutions. And I think that the pointing out the ugly um, produce problem is the first place to start because it is such a huge issue is that we go into the produce section of the supermarket and every apple has to be uniform in size. Every cauliflower has to be uniform in size and color because their stacking it has to be stacked beautifully. And so there's this problem that I think a lot of people just aren't aware of. And that is say cauliflower, for example, I know for a fact that sometimes cauliflower maybe is too big and it's not just a matter of it isn't shiny enough or it isn't, um, it's discolored. If it's too big, it can get sent to the landfill. Absolutely. I think you, you, you raise a very relevant point, the sizes, right? So we have these, uh, um, let's say, specific sizes and everything being either too big or too small doesn't fit the rules, doesn't fit the policies and therefore it's just discarded. So if you go to a uh, cauliflower or orange or any plant trees, you see that, that these smaller or bigger are discarded. The same, for instance, with bananas, we have this image that the shape needs to be like this. So if they are slightly more, less round, we don't want them, right? So uh, it, it's really both the aesthetics and the sizing. That's crazy because uh, at the end, it's, it's 30, 40% of, again, edible food. I, I will keep saying this probably for, for the next few minutes, but I think it's so crystal clear that this is edible food that we are just discarding. And, and think about ourselves, when we go to supermarkets, to local stores, guess what? If we have a perfect apple or a small apple, which one do we take? And the same applies to carrots, to cauliflower. So any product, we just take, oh, if it has a spot of, it is different. And I think that's the point, the connection I made, like we don't tolerate the different, right? So we, everything needs to be standard, the same. And I think it's fantastic to have different human beings. I think that's the beauty, right? So if you and me were exactly the same, that would be a kind of boring. So we share this passion, but we, both of us are different. So I think that's, that's great, right? That we have a small differences that makes richer the, the end result of the conversation. So I think that applies to almost everything. And I think we do not tolerate the differences and that's a huge mistake, I believe. That for food and that for uh, any single topic you could talk about. So it's not just consumers that um, are choosing um, perfect fruit or perfect vegetables over imperfect ones. It's, it's the problem starts much earlier than that. Um, when the produce is being brought to the supermarket, I know sometimes um, farmers, because they, they have a situation where when they bring produce to market, it can be turned down. They can be sent back with their, you know, big trucks full of produce. And there's the issue of, you know, getting things to market on time. And if they get it rejected, then that's another issue. So I know a lot of farmers end up 
um, just leaving some fruit on the vine. Some things get tilled back into the soil um, and some things just go straight to the landfill. So that's one problem. Then we have another problem with the supermarket and then we have another problem with the consumer. But this is just one kind of one vein of the food waste problem. And then you hear also people talk about how there's not enough food to feed everyone in the world. Is that true? That's a complete lie. I think nowadays with the production of food that we, um, we are having is, is more than enough to feed everyone, right? So when we are talking about hungry people, uh, hunger, uh, that is a problem of distribution. There's a problem of politics. But in terms of production, of demand supply, we produce enough food. So no one should be starving nowadays because we produce enough food. So I think uh, different factors, the, the ugliness, but also the production system, also the, the heavy promotions. There are many factors driving this food waste. And, and, and I guess we can talk about it in the next minute. But I think it's very important uh, to raise awareness and to realize that is uh, a shared responsibility. Consumers, we have a tremendous responsibility, but as you said, supermarkets and local stores also have a tremendous share of responsibility, right? So I think governments have responsibilities because of the law that are approved, right? So I think it's important that we all recognize that this is a common issue, uh, a shared problem that we need to address collectively uh, from non-profit organizations, from government, from private sector, from retailers, from production producers, manufacturers, consumers, right? So that's very, very relevant. I think it's an oversimplification saying, yeah, that's a consumer problem. That is just the tip of the iceberg, I would say. Right. Um, and so a long time back when I first started thinking about food waste, you know, I originally, I just thought about myself and my family, but then it did start to kind of expand. And I thought about supermarkets and how, you know, they maybe have food that's, we'll talk about best buy and sell by dates later. But, um, so they have this produce and, and then you have people that are hungry. Say, for example, you have a several supermarkets in this city and they have um, food that's imperfect, food that's close to the sell-by date. And then you have a homeless shelter. And at first I thought, why can't they just donate the food? And I started thinking, well, maybe, you know, it's a legal issue. But then I found out here, I don't know what it's like there, but in America, I found that there is actually a, um, Bill Emerson Good Samaritan Food Donation Act, which was signed in 1996, and it protects um, stores and other, you know, corporations from liability if someone happens to get sick. So there's no excuse for this food to not be donated. And on top of that, um, the University of Arkansas School of Law study proved that there's never been a case where someone sued over being sick from donated food. So what is the, what, is it profit? Is that the bottom line? Why more supermarkets are not donating this food? I know there are some who do. Yeah, so I think first I, I, I'm, I always use states as an inspiration for this because the Good Samaritan law, unfortunately in Europe, I think uh, almost no country has this Good Samaritan. So I think that's uh, an issue that, and I always say, hey, in the States we have the Good Samaritan law or principle, which I think is fantastic, right? Because that's really the, the spirit. So I think the reason supermarkets uh, do not waste food, and I think it's very relevant because I have 
good friends and somehow not enemies, but some debate with supermarkets, right? And I think usually what you get the official statement from supermarkets is like, yeah, we don't waste that much food, right? So we, it's not on us. I think that is not true. And when you really talk to the managers of supermarkets, that happens. And I think it's a matter of transparency. And for instance, in, in UK, there's one big supermarket, Tesco, uh, they are uh, publicly uh, sharing the amount of food they, they waste. And I think that's the first step, right? So I think supermarkets should, hey, yes, we waste food, unfortunately, right? They are not happy. They are not particularly happy. But as we human beings, supermarkets are not perfect, could do bad planning, could have mistakes, that's human, right? So I think, uh, but there's a taboo, right? Uh, as we were discussing at the beginning, if there are people starving, if there are people hungry, it's a bit... It's hard to say to the public opinion, eh, I'm wasting food, right? So it's recognizing that is something that uh, obviously, for obvious reason, for uh, if you want peer considerations, supermarkets don't want to say. So I think that's the first reason. Uh, that said, I think uh, they, they, they have food waste because of bad planning. They have food waste because uh, there are some errors in the process, in, the, in, in their internal operations. But I think I always say the first step is to recognize that there's this uh, waste. And then the second is to make actions. And I think you, you mentioned a few of them, reach agreement with non-profit organizations, right? Soup kitchens, uh, all, all this uh, is great stuff. Or even playing a little bit, hey, if there's a sell-by date product uh, or an expiration date in two days, I could do last minute discounts, right? So I, I've mm -hmm. seen an uh, interesting and dynamic ecosystem of companies or apps helping supermarkets or restaurants to really say, hey, if you buy today and it's something that is gonna be expiring tomorrow, you get a 30% discount. So I think little by little, I'm seeing this uh, happening. At the beginning, the reaction from supermarkets is, hey, we don't want to cannibalize, as they say, right? So they don't want to educate customers to say, I wait in the, in the last minute to get a discount. But you know what? People really going for those discounts are people which are really price sensitive and probably cannot afford to pay full price. So I think even from a market efficiency, it's even better, right? Offering these uh, these options. I, I'm a bit derailing, <laughs> but it's uh, it's important to go to to recognize that supermarkets can play a tremendous role, can play a more active role in fixing this scandal, which is the food waste. I agree, um, and I do know that there. I I feel like people like yourself who are spreading the awareness about this problem are beginning to make changes. I know, for example, in our community, um, a certain bagel shop will actually donate um, their getting close to bagels, they'll donate those to our local homeless shelter. And I know that because I volunteer there and I see right. the, um, I see the food, you know, because we are serving it to the homeless. And so I know that it is happening. It's just that it needs to happen faster. And um, so that's one, that's one kind of aspect of it. And I want to talk more about um, some of the different ways that food does get wasted. And I know a lot of times the, you know, farm food, they do feed it to animals or maybe, you know, sometimes it gets composted. Not always. Most time, I think it's because it is one of the biggest contributors to our landfills. So even if you put aside the fact that there are starving people, children dying every day from hunger, there's also the fact that these, um, these perfectly good foods that are ending up in the landfill emits methane gases that are 30 to 100 times more potent than carbon dioxide. 
Yeah. Um, I think that, that's very relevant. I think it's uh, uh, the impact in the environment of food waste is, is quite significant. Uh, is this uh, famous stat saying that if you take into account uh, the whole impact of uh, food waste in terms of uh, greenhouse emissions, that let's say country, hypothetical country of food waste, that would be the third largest greenhouse emitter after China and the States, right? Uh, so this is just based on the fact that, for instance, cows, when they digest, they produce this methane or uh, all these uh, uh, gases. So, uh, and then it's the transportation. So if you add all the elements in the food production, then food waste is the third largest contributor, right? So that's one element. Uh, what about the consumption of water? Uh, water is a, a really a, a resource that in the earth is limited, right? So whenever we are wasting uh, food, either if it's an apple in the tree or it's a, a hamburger in, at home, that, is, that includes lot, millions and millions of liters of water. So that's also wasting food, is wasting water. What about biodiversity? As human beings, anytime we turn forests into agriculture land, that's great because we feed. That's a great improvement we make as human beings, but at the expense of forests, and that's an impact on biodiversity. I saw uh, uh, some cities getting, all of a sudden, some animals coming from the mountains to the cities just because they see there's food, right? So that, that, that is changing the, the ecosystem. So there's different elements on this um, environmental dimension that we should also take into account. As you mentioned, it's not only about poor people uh, or hungry people, that's probably the ethical dimension, but it's this environmental dimension that is quite relevant and, and, and just by reducing food waste, we are going to have a positive impact in the, uh, in the environment. Yeah. So I know we're talking a lot about things that are on a bigger scale. So we have, you know, food waste at, you know, ground level with, um, you know, just growing it, getting it to the supermarket. But then we also have food waste in schools, in hospitals, in restaurants, um, corporations. And I know I've, um, as I've been researching this over the years, I've seen some very clever um, ways that people are dealing with um, trying to avoid food waste. I know there are some corporations I've seen where they have a food cam and they have the camera set up. And if someone has, you know, food extra, maybe they had an event that was catered and then they put it at the food cam and people can come and get the free food. So what are some things on an individual level? Say my mom, she lives alone. It's just her. What can she do as an individual? What can one person do? Okay. So I think it's, um, there, there's many, many things and some of them are so basic that I feel a bit ashamed when I have to say this, right? Because in, in some instances, it's really, wow, this is something that probably many years ago, many decades ago, people were doing anyway, right? But let's just start with the basics, which is before going to shopping, just check what we have in the fridge, right? So it's a basic thing, but before getting to the supermarket or the local store and get a lettuce, then probably there's one hidden in the fridge, so just make sure that you check that, right? Then, uh, obvious one is use refrigerator, right? So maybe you buy more food that you need or you cook more food that you need, no worries, you can just freeze it and uh, eat it uh, weeks after. There's also this, this element which in some areas was quite popular. You have meat and the day after with the leftovers of the meat, you could cook uh, lasagna, cannelloni, uh, croquettes, right? So it's just reducing this 
uh, extra food that is still again edible food is good food there's also when going to the to buy to the supermarket just uh, because you have a shopping list you only buy the products you need and you try to buy the products which in a way makes sense and when i say makes sense it's seasonal products so Okay, if now is like the, and it depends on the region of the, uh, of the world, right? But for instance, in, in my region here in Spain, now it's time to start eating oranges, right? So now is the right time to eat oranges. So it doesn't make sense that we want to eat oranges the whole year, even if we can do that because they could come from anywhere worldwide. But the idea is that we have the, the food that belongs to the season, right? So the, the seasonal uh, food. That could be another thing. Also, uh, the more local product we could consume, the better in terms of impact, right? So all these small things could have a, a very positive impact. That's more on the household level. Let's think about when we go to restaurants. So if you go to restaurants, ideally, you should order only the food that you really need. But let's say you order more food, just get to the doggy bag, right? So I think it's quite popular, but it's just common sense to make sure that if you have some extra food, uh, pick up a uh, pick up a doggy bag and get the food. So these are really small things we could do. Also, there's other there's many cool startups doing like more. For instance, the food sharing, the peer to peer, right? So let's say you have some food, you would say, hey, I have some food, so anyone could take it from your home. So these peer to peer networks, I see a, a few apps. Uh, encouraging that behavior and I think that's mm -hmm. great so that probably depends on how techy is the person not sure your mommy how techy she is <laughs> but anyway could be uh, I'm surprised sometimes because also my, my, my mom is like yeah but, but she's getting the technology right so sometimes uh, a mobile for them is very obvious and say hey I just need to take a picture this is the food I have in my fridge so if anyone in the network in the app wants to take it that's fine come and grab it right so these are small things anyone could do Right. I think another um, good tip is something that you mentioned before, you know, when supermarkets do start to mark down this food, if you live close enough to a supermarket to shop more than one time per week, only get what you're going to make for that day and maybe the next day. Because if you go towards the end of the day, a lot of times prepared food is already marked down. And you can go and get this marked down food and make your meal for today or your meal for tomorrow. And then a couple of days later, stop by the supermarket. People, you know, commute to work. You can stop by and see what's on sale. Not only are you saving food waste, but you're also saving money. Do you say, uh, just to give you some number on that you said, it's estimated that an average, let's say, family in Europe or in the States, we are wasting three, four hundred dollars per year. So this is the food that we buy and we waste. So that's fun, right? So at the end, uh, you mentioned, so to me, it's like uh, awareness on the issue can also bring you some savings, right? So depending on the families, $400 per year could be like make a difference and, uh, and enable the, that family to do other uh, things, so yeah. Right, because I think a lot of times, and especially with fresh produce, um, greens, like leafy greens, people will buy them and think, I'm gonna eat a salad today, or I'm gonna make you know something with kale, and then they get busy or sidetracked, and then the kale just turns to slime in the fridge. So a lot of times, yes, I think that is what happens. And so it, it is more cost effective to, if you're, if you're just going to end up letting it waste in the fridge anyways, to shop for shorter periods of time. Yeah. But, so do you think it's possible, like I said, I haven't um, seen any studies on this, so maybe you have, are plates getting bigger? 
because I know refrigerators are bigger than they used to be. And I think that's part of the, on an individual level, um, why things are wasted a lot, because we, we want something to be full. And they even say that refrigerators run better when they're full than when they're, you know, partly empty. So do you think we're just trying to fill up our pantries? Are we just trying to fill the empty space in our fridge? Absolutely, and I think uh, uh, similarly, what I've seen is a lot of this behavior when you bring some friends or family at home and you have a dinner for them or lunch, what is going to happen? You want to show that you're doing great, right? So you're going to prepare more food than probably you need because you just want to show that you don't have uh, any problem and you are doing great, right? So I think that the elements that embedded in our culture, in our values, and our beliefs, and I think similar to what you mentioned on the, the fridge, right? So we want to show, hey, I have a great or super big fridge full of food. You want to open and see, oh, it's fantastic. If you go to, let's say, a friend home and you see the fridge empty, then, hmm, is he or she having issues? So that's really a part of our, uh, let's say, uh, kind of culture. So that, that, that's uh, for sure. For sure, it has an element, and I think there's pieces of research, and that goes more into the sociology element of some behaviors that at the end are we are animals relating to other animals human beings so we, we really want to we have these elements in our behavior yeah yeah in america we call it keeping up with the joneses okay <laughs> good one, good one. Uh, keeping up with your neighbors so yeah. yeah i do i wonder because i know in america when you go to a restaurant the portion sizes are typically supersized I mean really big portions and so a lot of times if I do go out to eat at a restaurant which I try not to go out to eat very often because there's no reason for me not to make food at home but when I do I'll often share an entree with my daughter because the two of us can't each eat an entire portion of food so that's another small tip but um, these are definitely small things, but what can we do to make an impact globally? I mean, is there things that we can do to make a bigger impact than just what we eat at home and just how much we waste at home? Yeah. So I think the, the, the first element is to contribute to raise awareness, right? So I think it's this famous marketing thing that if what you do not communicate doesn't exist, right? So I think the first thing we need to do is raise awareness. And this is the, the role I, I, I've been playing in the last years because there, uh, believe me, six, seven years ago, when I was talking about food waste, I was, uh, what is this crazy man we're talking about? Now, it's not only because of me, but more obviously many people, it's becoming a more relevant topic. It's part of the conversation, right? So let's not underestimate the importance of just letting people know, hey, it's this problem of food waste, right? Because if you don't know it's a problem, you are not going to, even uh, consider it or take it into account. So that's the, the, the first thing we could do. Again, it's not like something uh, too complex, but it, it, it makes a difference. Second, I think uh, is uh, working uh, let's, uh, together with government and, and, and retail sector to make sure that the laws are, um, how do you say, it, are built in a way that contributes to reduce food waste. So I think Good Samaritan is a good example. But obviously, if you want to supermarkets to uh, let's say, uh, speed up or accelerate the amount of food they donate, you need to create the right incentive, right? So it could be more enforcing or could be some uh, uh, subsidies, whatever. I think in every country or in every region could be different. But I think you need to set up this framework, this legal environment that contributes and helps. So I think what activists we like to do 
is to uh, go to governments or in Europe we, we claim at European uh, Union level to make sure that the environment, the legal setup is contributing and is fostering that. So that's a second thing. A third thing I think could be becoming entrepreneurs, right? So I think it's, uh, I'm really happy to see that in the last five, six years, people who came to me with some crazy ideas. Nowadays, they managed to create some nice projects and could be how to leverage on uh, existing product in restaurants. Okay, maybe there's an app which will inform you that that product is available and then you could get a discount. So that creates a business model, bringing value to the end consumer, bringing value to the founders and reducing food waste. So that, that's great news, right? So I've seen uh, an increasing number of the startups uh, really proliferating and being able to do that, so, which I think is great because uh, what I think we need to avoid is that the problem will be solved by someone else, right? So government will make a law, will pass a law and they will fix it. Well, that's a little part of that. I think it's great to see that we as society, we create these environments, these uh, companies with certain values that want to promote that. So that, that is also something we could do, either becoming entrepreneurs or supporting those entrepreneurs with great ideas. And I think in the state you have cool initiatives. Obviously, each of them have different traction, but I, I know one called the Misfits. So you play even with the concept of ugly and, and you give it some value. So there's many ways to, to contribute to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that what you're doing is really, really helpful. And I hope more people are going to write books about food waste and how to stop. So tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah. So this is a book, by the way, little, uh, so you, you can see. So let me talk a little bit. Uh, when I started to become an activist, I realized that talking about food waste is kind of my passion. But when you go especially to the media or even you use social media, you have certain formats, right? You have a tweet, 140 characters. You have a, a, a journalist asking for a two-minute highlight. Then I realized I want to tell the story of food waste in my own way without any, let's say, uh, limitation. Then I had this good friend, Alejandra, who is an illustrator. She does beautiful illustrations. And one day, meeting, say, why don't we do this book together where we could tell stories about food waste, not only with the text, but also with the illustration. And that concept was like, yeah, let's do it. And we took it to, we brought it to the next level, which is let's not make a useful book just describing an issue and that's it. No, let's describe the issue, the problem of the food waste, but let's talk about it in two different angles. I know some people are really, uh, they love numbers. They are really brain people, very rational. I want to know percentage of food waste. I want to understand the problem. But for some people, numbers are a bit slippery, you know? It's like one more stat, one more stat. So we wanted to tell the story of food waste with the herd. And what is the herd? It's a poetry, right? So poetry is beautiful. And sometimes you could say so many things with a, a poetry. Uh, so we, we wanted to build poems, tales, stories, and in a way, talk not to your brain, but to your heart, feelings. Uh, because we realized that for some people talking about uh, food waste because uh, um, aesthetics, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay. However, I realized some people is like, in the same way, every kiss is different. It's not the same thing. Uh, farewell kiss, the first kiss, the passion kiss. Uh, the same thing for tomatoes, right? So no all tomatoes are, are equal. And that's part of the beauty. And then I explained one day that to that person, one person said, oh, I love that idea, right? And I realized I connected. I've been trying to convince you about food waste with a stash, with the 30%, with 40%. And it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, with that uh, little uh, story with kind of poetry, that was even more uh, really uh, getting there in your inner self. So then uh, that's why we decided to make the book like with some data, 
with some stories, and more importantly, with a positive messaging, right? Because what we didn't want is to say, oh, food waste is a problem, there's a people starving, we live in a sad world. Oh, that's not the book we wanted. We wanted the book really like trying to bring some positive message saying, okay, that is a problem, but you could do something about it. So that's where, that was the whole concept of the book. I love it. So is there any chance that you may have the book printed in English? I will love to, uh, to give you more context on the book. Uh, we initially thought, okay, let's look for some publisher. But at the end, we said, it's going to be such a mess to, like, uh, to look for that, that we did a crowdfunding campaign, right? So we did this famous thing like, hey, let's convince three, 400 people to buy the book in advance. And this is uh, uh, how we did it. And in fact, in the book, we have at the very end of the book, the names of the people who contribute with the names and the service to say yes. So to your question, yeah, we'll love, uh, we, we'll love to do that. So our goal for the book is not really make any money because we just want to raise awareness. So we just need to find like someone helping to finance uh, the translation because it's like really needs to be a professional translation, especially on the poetry side, we want to capture the essence. So we are really eager to, to do the book in English and in any language. So if anyone watching this podcast wants to make this book in English, I will be more than happy. Uh, I can send the content to anyone interested and we just want to spread the word, right? So we don't want to make any, any money out of that. So any model, any nonprofit, any organization, we are more than happy to, to make the book in English and make the, spread the word. So, yeah. And you actually printed this book, you did this with crowdfunding, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny because at the end sounds like one of my favorite bands, uh, getting back in the late 80s, is a Spanish band called Extremo Duro, and they did this crowdfunding for the first recording, right? So they were saying, hey, we have a, this fantastic potential recording, so you have to pay some money in advance to get the copy. That was even before the word crowdfunding was used. And then in my mind, it's like, oh, that's cool, right? So you have something cool to say to the people, so why don't you ask them, like, hey, trust me, I will bring something cool for you. It's what we did. Initially, we raised as usual, the three Fs, friends, families, and fools. But then, little by little, we, we, we managed, I'm not sure how, but we managed to convince people who didn't know us to say, hey, we are going to make a book about food waste, so trust that we are going to deliver something cool. And they did it. We got like 300-something people uh, buying a book even before the book was like uh, printed with the promise that you will get a copy of the book. And that is the way we, we raise the money needed to make the printing of the 1,000 units and distribute it to the people. And for some people, we also added t-shirts or some merchandising for, because some people like the idea of not only having the book, but also a t-shirt or other, other materials. So it was super cool. I, we really enjoyed it. It was like a bit painful at the end when you have all the books printed, you have to send them one by one, but it's part of the journey and, and we love it. it. It was great. It was great. I love it. Well, hopefully someone listening can reach out to you and we can get this book printed in English. I personally would love that. And I'm all about helping make that happen. So if there's anything I can do and another thing, if you're listening, something that you can do on an individual level is just to share this episode, um, share, you know, the, the things that we write about. And I know you have Manuel, a lot of uh, YouTube videos where you're talking about the subject because, Hey, guess what? This, is not your full-time job right <laughs> no no this is kind of, of hobby of, of part-time so this is the time over the weekends or at night uh, that I, I try to find because also I want to spend some time with my wife and my daughter so they are uh, nice enough to allow me to, to do this so but yeah that is a passion and I, I have uh, 
my, my job at uh, Custodio, where I, I do a completely different uh, stuff, but both of them, I, I love both of them, but to me, food waste or becoming an activist or a warrior of food waste is kind of making, making me sleep well, because it's like, I do that, and I'm not doing that for any other reason than just making sure that people do not waste food and, and, and contribute to a, let's say, more uh, or less crazy world. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really, I, uh, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm having... I'm having a blast on, on, on that because especially uh, when I started was kind of, are you crazy, Manuel? But um, seven, eight years after having a book, having some articles, having the opportunity to talk to someone uh, like you, uh, it's great. I feel like uh, having a, a great time doing this thing. So I, I'm passionate about that. And I cannot imagine my life now without doing this. So I... Right. Same. So if you're thinking, oh, I think I've seen him before, that's because he was on um, an episode where we talked about his actual job, which is the um, product analysis, the vice president of of product and, and insights at, uh, at Custodio. Yeah. At Custodio, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so we have talked previously about internet safety and such. So if you're thinking, oh, I've seen him somewhere before, that's probably where. That's me. That's the same one. That's, that's you. <laughs> um, so I think I, I saw this link somehow through something that you have either written or talked about on YouTube about food waste, about France, um, showing how quickly change can be implemented. Do you know what I'm referring to? Something in yeah. 2016? Yeah, in 2016, France was the first country approving a law uh, which was uh, um, enforcing supermarkets about 400 square meters to donate the food surplus. So any supermarket in France uh, having food surplus, they have the obligation to donate that to non-profit organization and they approved that with a law, right? So it's mandatory now for supermarkets. So I think it's the kind of approach that makes sense in the context of France uh, to make sure that the food waste is not just something that people talk about it, but really the supermarkets are enforced to do that. And I see two benefits on that. One is that it's mandatory, so it's happening. But second, it's like making people understand that food waste is wrong, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that, that, I think, is setting the path. For instance, in Italy, the approach was a slightly different, the same goal, reducing the food waste, but instead of making money mandatory for supermarkets, they were given some incentive to do it. So you could probably favor one approach or the other, depending on your, let's say, consideration from a political side. But whatever, I think what is important is that the government offers the right setup, and the right setup depends in each country, in each context, to make sure that food waste is taken uh, into account and is something that uh, they want to, to reduce. So I think the case of France was really inspiring to see, hey, governments can make things. I also see nice case in UK and Denmark where the role of government has been more to foster the collaboration between retail sector, non-profit organizations. So I think there's many approach, but I think definitely uh, a government should help us uh, to find the right way and the right way will be different depending on the country. So I, I, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure each country has its own specificities or even some each region. So the important thing is that as a government say, hey, we are going to help to to reduce the food waste, depending on what is more suitable for the region. Right. And I think in here in America, you know, just writing to the politicians, you know, writing to the people who make the laws and even starting locally. I mean, do you know what your supermarket that you shop at? Do you know what they do with their food? And did they put it in the dumpster? Because I know it's crazy if you go on YouTube and search, there are people that actually go dumpster diving and get this food out 
and eat it or share it or whatever. So, I mean, do you even know what your supermarket does? So I think that there's a lot of things that people can do once they start thinking about it, um, you know, at home or just asking questions, you know, I was at the supermarket the other day and I saw the second harvest, um, truck coming out from behind the supermarket and I'm like yes um, because I know they were coming to get food and so I, I think that it's just becoming aware and asking questions and talking about it so yeah. is there anything that you think that um, we ha may have missed in this conversation I know we can't cover everything but is there anything that is popping into your head right now that we may have missed no, I think it's just reinforcing that the food waste is a problem or a scandal, I would say. But the good news to me is that all of us can make a difference, right? So it's not one of those things that you say is that far away. I'd love to find the cure uh, for cancer, right? But it's going to be very difficult on my daily activities to contribute to that beyond helping or funding. In the food waste, the, the reality is that all of us can do many things. So that, that's to me just reinforcing that. And the second thing is, let's make sure that we tolerate the difference. Let's make sure that we tolerate the imperfection, right? So let's, mm -hmm. let's go to a world where you and me can be different and still can have fun together and discuss things. And let's avoid uniformity and all, uh, all of us being exactly the same and using the same. So I think that's part of the beauty of human beings. Like we are all different. So let's tolerate difference and let's enjoy difference. Let, let, let's, get, let's get the beauty out of the ugly, I would say that's something that we could also talk about but the the idea of how much food you leave on your plate in other countries it's it's an issue right yeah 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 it is it is indeed because it's the food is the is the waste i think you, you get all these plastic uh, knives pork the, the plate so yeah definitely i i think it's it's interesting because when you think okay i, I I have identified all the angles in food waste, you get these new things, right? Airplanes, hospitals, schools, even prisons, right? So in prisons, there, there's this food waste. So I think you, you are raising a great, a great topic. And, and to, to some extent, even if it sounds like not really consumer driven, but I think it's good that people have actually to pay for the food in the airplane, right? Because before, just giving the, the, the food, it was like when you go to a buffet, right? You get it, so you don't give any value. And But if you mm -hmm. have to, like people, okay, I need to be more, am I really going to eat that? Because if I don't feel like I'm not going to pay. So I think that uh, making people pay some value of the things, I think gives the right message. Like, hey, this is costing money because it's resources we have. So, Definitely. Yeah, I, I never... I, I never made this touch on an airplane, so probably there's uh, something to be investigated here. So interesting. I try not to eat on airplanes, if at all possible, but um, I did notice when I was in Europe, and I've noticed this actually in China as well, when you go into a restaurant and you order food, not so much in China with like the restaurants, but with other people you're eating with. So in Europe, whenever I would go to a restaurant and order food, if there was food left on my plate, maybe the the, the restaurant owner or an, a waitress or someone would be like, oh, did you not like the food? Was something wrong? Um, because leaving food on your plate, Americans do this. And, you know, it's I guess it's kind of an insult to leave food on your plate. But the portions were huge and I, I could only eat so much. <laughs> so I do remember that. And I think there's like a lot of cultural differences, you know, so I don't know how much that plays into the whole food waste thing. But yeah, yeah. 
The culture is, is definitely an element, and I think in some countries, as you said, leaving food at the plate is considered like even uh, you're insulting people, right? So it's, uh, it could be so, but I think it depends on the culture in other countries. It's like the fact that you eat everything means like you are hungry, and therefore they need to give you more food. So <laughs> it's uh, in every region, even in the same country, right? Or it depends on the family. So it's, uh, it's all these subtle differences, all these nuances need to be taken into account. Uh, that's why I keep saying there's no a single uh, bulletproof uh, initiative that is going to work all over the place, right? So in every region, we will have to find a solution based on reality, right? And each region, and I think that good, is not exactly the same. Uh, the, 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 thing, the beauty of human beings, right? That you, find, you find different things in different countries or in different regions. That's why we, we like to, to have trips, right? To know things that we don't know if everything is expected. And, as we are doing at home, what's the point of, of going to other places? So it's good to, to find this uh, yeah. new, new approach or new, new ways to do things. Yeah, just explore. But yeah, so I think the, the bottom line is that, you know, spreading awareness and just starting with yourself. You know, if this is the first time you're listening to this and it's the first time you've ever heard people talk about food waste. You know, just being aware of it definitely opens your eyes to it because I know as my children were growing up and I would be talking to them um, about food waste, my kids would become more aware of it and then they would notice it in different places in their own lives, you know, whether they were out and about or whatever. But one thing I wanted to ask you, and I guess we can end on this, but um, so I think this is a kind of a humorous little story. You know, when I was growing up, my parents, oh, you know, they didn't have to tell me to clean my plate because we, you know, we weren't wealthy. Um, we lived on a farm and we ate what we had. So there wasn't like a, a diverse amount of food. And so my parents never really had to tell me to clean my plate. I just always did. But I did hear about other kids saying that their parents said, hey, you know, you need to eat everything on your plate. There's starving kids in this country. And so at one point, I think I said to my son, because my husband takes all of our leftovers to work for, that's what he eats every single day, <laughs> our leftovers. He will actually take food that my son didn't eat, like half of half of his plate that he leaves and my husband will take it to work the next day and he says i'm not afraid of your germs my germs will beat up your germs or whatever so <laughs> that's not an issue so i say to my son like do you want to eat some of these leftovers and he would be like um i'm not eating scraps and i'm like oh aren't you okay and so then that opened up a kind of a conversation about what what was scraps what is food waste and at one point I had said to him, well, you need to eat this because, you know, there's people that are on this earth that don't have food. And he said, well, how is me, how can, what, if I clean my plate, how does that help a starving kid somewhere else? How would you answer that? That's a very smart question. So uh, let me, let me start saying that when thinking about the, the food, there's the, especially in products like cereals, uh, the price goes up or goes down depending on the demand, right? The, so if more people are buying bread, at the end, the price of cereals go up. So anytime we buy something and we don't eat, we are contributing to the increase of the price and some people can literally cannot afford to pay for the product, right? So uh, anytime we buy more food than we are actually needing, we are increasing the price. So if you say, hey, I have this, I'm, I, I don't want to eat anymore, 
instead of throwing up, you could keep for the next time. So you don't need to buy it again. And there's a direct link in the price. I remember also when I was a kid, my grandma saying, uh, she was referring like, hey, if you don't finish that food, someone in Africa cannot eat. That was the usual comment I, I was getting. And at one point, it's like crazy. In reality, commodities, food, is really actually a, a demand supply uh, element, right? So there's a direct connection. It's true that probably that specific piece of bread that your uh, smart uh, son is uh, asking about is not making any. But the concept is that if she gets the, if he gets discipline of finishing what he is ordering and ordering or eating just what he needs, that food could be used later on, and therefore the price is not going to increase just because it's going to be uh, wasted, right? So you could say that one third of the price is driven because of food waste, mm. in a way. That's a very good answer. I'm going to make sure he hears that because when he asked me, I thought, well, I have to think about that. I'm not really sure. That's just what I've been told. You need to be proud. He's smart and I think he's uh, like becoming picky. So he's trying uh, you to raise the bar and make sure you don't <laughs> offer him like easy uh, work. It's, you, know, you need to be substantiated now. You need to substantiate. Right. He's, me, so. <laughs> he, he is. He's very smart. Actually, he's smarter than I am. And he's aware of all of these issues. And he um, probably already knew the correct answer. So he was just okay. testing me. But anyways, <laughs> well, this has been a fun conversation. I, I really do appreciate everything that you have done to raise awareness about this issue. And I hope that there are people out there that maybe haven't heard about this that will now hear about it. And if people, you know, maybe they heard about it before and this just kind of inspires them to do something to make a difference. Thank you yeah. so much. So thank you for the time. It's been a pleasure. I'm happy to talk anytime you want about food waste or waste in general, because I think we, we share these same concerns. So I'm, I'm curious to know more about the, the festival you guys are doing in April. So keep me, keep me posted on, on that one. And for anyone watching the video, uh, I think just feel free to reach me. I'm, I'm always happy to talk about food waste at any time, at any country. So uh, I, yeah. Let's and so where can, people, where can people reach you about these issues? Say someone hears about this and they want to ask you or talk yeah. to you about so this. So I think that the, the best way is Twitter uh, under my user, Manuel underscore Bruscas, B-R-U-S-C-A-S. I'm, I'm, con I'm connected so they can reach me at any point and I will reply. That's the best, uh, the best way. We, we also, for the book, did a profile in Twitter, in Instagram, in Facebook, but I think it's going to be faster if they reach me and I'm happy to share articles or anything because I'm, as I always said, I'm, I can find time for uh, talking about food waste always, right? So it's not going to be a problem to, to look for a time in my agenda, so go for it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thanks for listening. Please write and review so other people can learn about this podcast. Find out more about sleep, hygiene, eating healthy, tasty recipes, zero-waste lifestyle, and lots more on thatorganicmom.com. Help us spread the word. Be blessed and stay healthy.